you can tell in the sound that throughout COVID, we spent a lot of time really like experimenting and getting to mm -hmm. know each other as musicians. Mm -hmm. Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On this episode, I sat down with musician and co-founder of Focal, Matt O'Brien. Had a lot of fun talking with him and we covered a lot, including the interesting way he got his first drum set, the numerous bands he's played in over the years, as well as what went into starting the art gallery Focal and what they're looking to achieve with this space. Plus, one of Matt's bands, Passion Play, recently put out a phenomenal new release entitled Sinking, and we discussed the recording process of this album, working with Rotrant Recording and the evolution of the band's sound. Thanks so much for checking this out. Please subscribe wherever you're listening right now as I'll be putting out some mini episodes with Matt over the coming weeks. And follow along on Instagram using the handle at livingroomutb to see some show photos, flyers, and more from Matt's time in music. Uh, what got me into music was um, a bit of my parents. Both of my parents are musicians. My dad plays drums. Uh, cool. My mom was a singer in like a grungy cover band uh, back in the 90s, late 80s. Um, and so growing up, we always had like a solid collection of good uh, heavy metal and me metal uh, records and tapes and CDs in the house. And then really what got me into the underground and more niche territories in music was uh, my older brother, Darren, um, who really uh, went down the rabbit hole heavy. Uh, he's, about, he's about five years, four years, five years older than me, four years older than me. Thank you. He's off in the background. He's up here visiting from Atlanta. Um, but yeah, he was uh, in bands before me and got into uh, thrash and metal and okay. death metal and, and brutal, brutal shit. <laughs> um, and really, uh, we shared a room forever. And uh, oh man, I'm making him blush right now. Um, <laughs> pretty much every fucking night growing up um, was... We'd throw South Park on the TV, and then also, just to add extra chaos into the mix, he'd have his computer playing, like, Deicide and Dying Fetus and Cannibal Corpse and shit throughout yeah, yeah. the night and Cradle of Filth, and <laughs> I, I was, like, barely... I was younger than 10 years old trying to fall asleep listening to <laughs> fucking... listening to that shit. Was that done on purpose? Was it to like, I don't know. just kind of fuck with it you? It might have been like, like yeah, some... Try to fall asleep, you little, little bro. Just listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it might have been right some now. psychological torture or <laughs> exactly. some Or you do fall asleep and you kind of have this in your background of like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Demons. So. Sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
that being said, uh, my dad being a drummer, uh, he always had a drum set in the house, <laughs> and Darren being into metal, and also um, he got into guitar pretty early, um, and started started uh, a thrash death metal influence band called Genocide Evolve, um, which we ended up uh, spurring off of and starting my first band, uh, my first real band, uh, Forced to Dwell, that actually had a uh, like solid recording and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and when was that? That was, um, I was like maybe 15 or 16 when we wrote our first track and then we continued and finished our EP when I was like 17, 18, and Darren was like 20, 21, maybe. He's giving me the nod over there, so. Uh, yeah, but his first couple of albums were really um, what got me into playing heavier music, because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I did like the talent show in elementary school. I played fucking... Uh, like Nirvana for my third grade talent show, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Um, drum set collapsed on me. Wow. Okay. Um, and they shut like the Like because of the hardware? Yeah, it was like bad hardware. Yeah, yeah. My dad bought the kit um, with a 30 rack when he was like 18 <laughs> like he years traded, old. traded the 30 yeah, rack for yeah. the drum sets. <laughs> yeah, back in the 80s or something. Yeah. And uh, traded a 30 rack of something for a shitty drum kit. Because uh, even the best beer that comes yeah. in a thirty pack is only worth so much. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. there is a range from like Genesee mm -hmm. to whatever, yep, but yep, you yep, know yep. it can only it taps out at, yeah. not a, at not a very good drum set. The yeah, <laughs> I I imagine that it was probably Bush because he's been a a big Bush fan for yeah, yeah. his entire life. Um, but yeah, I still use that same drum throne of his wow. from when he was. 18 it was a used drum throne uh i still use the same ride and the same hi-hats that yeah. he had um i dig it that's cool yeah it's 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 pretty sweet um that those have been with me throughout the entirety yeah um so anyways yeah and where did you grow up like what I deep know river connecticut okay um middle of fucking nowhere um no, but I, I was in a couple of, like, punk bands back then, too, um, and played a lot of, like, pop punk and top 40 shit because I was one of the only drummers in the oh, Okay, area. so you were just you know? like, oh, we got to get Matt because he has a drum set. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I pretty much had an endless, uh, endless supply of music if I was willing to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when well, I was... That had to have helped you in some way, of, even if it would not... Oh, yeah, yeah. Precisely I got, what you wanted to do at least builds that skill and... I got know. constant practice and, um, you know, and it ended up, uh, you know, between uh, my original punk band, which started off as uh, a band called Narsos when I was 13, um, and then we changed into a bunch of different... a, a bunch of different names... Um, uh, Forced to Dwell with my brother Darren, which was a two-piece thrash death metal band. Um, and then immediately uh, started filling in uh, for this band Flapjack Attack and then mm -hmm. became their full-time drummer. It was just a 
guitarist and singer that would play with a drum machine. And so that was, I was about 18 years old. And um, our first show was kind of like a guerrilla show at this spot called Scottish Dave's, where we heard that uh, the owners weren't going to be in until a certain time. And we just went in and set up. Okay. And like in 10 minutes banged out like 10 or 12 songs <laughs> and then got kicked the fuck out of there. But yeah. then um, eventually we were allowed to like essentially be residents there. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and definitely had a part in like, I mean, af uh, shortly after that, I don't know if it was us or this band Easy Killer, who's, um, whose guitarist worked there. Um, but they ended up getting a stage built and actual like nice proper sound mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, so it was really cool to just go from absolutely nothing to something yeah, there. Yeah, a venue. Um, and then life complications, depression, fucking the heroin epidemic and all that shit uh, led me to want to search for something else somewhere mm -hmm. else and uh, got the hell out of Deep River. Tried to move to Boston. Boston was too expensive. Um, so mm -hmm. ended up here in Providence. Uh, yeah. And that was, uh, I'm on like seven years and a month mm -hmm. now. Um, so that was when I was 20. Still played with Flapjack for a little bit. Um, uh, that was like a thrash punk metal crossover band. Yeah. We went more in the like thrash metal, almost grindy territory just as we progressed. Mm -hmm. um, the commute got to be a little bit too much for me because mm -hmm. we were practicing in New London and I was living up here. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So an hour commute for that. Yeah. Um, so I quit. They found a different drummer for about two years. And I rejoined, and we started uh, taking off from there, getting getting a lot more shows, a lot bigger shows. Uh, played with like Green Jello or Green Jelly or whatever they're being called by now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, man, um, Murphy's Law. We had okay. a, a show with them. bunch of bunch of great local shows. Ended up playing like Skatopia in Ohio, which was a mess, but pretty good <laughs> um and yeah then finally like after maybe like a year or so of living here ended up going to uh funky jungle and yeah, i saw yeah. empty vessels who was like a favorite connecticut band of mine since i was like 16 cool um playing with worst days all right um, yeah and I was like, holy shit, like people are playing this kind of music here. Mm -hmm. I really want to play this kind of music. I hadn't had that opportunity, like the more uh, power violence, screamo-y, um, like emo violence, chaotic, hardcore kind of stuff. So uh, me, Matt, and Josh ended up living together maybe like a year or two after that. Mm -hmm. um, and 
then uh, complications happened with worse days, and it seemed to open everybody up uh, for uh, new jams. Okay. So me and Matt started writing together. We had uh, a couple of practices with a band called Atua Sawadade that um, was essentially like the light version of Matt's new band, Amitie. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, we had a little bit of, it was like similar screamo stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, this is Matt from <coughs> Illuminate My Heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Morales um, from Amitie and Worst Days and so many other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, he really was one of the first people that I connected with on uh, Screamo out here. Yeah. Because I'm a big like fan of Orchid, um, Page 99, mm-hmm. all that same uh, early 2000s, just late 90s chaos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whatever, whatever inspired those boys to be so, so sad, you know? Um, and then um, Just Flesh started basically because Marcy, um, Josh Marcy from Riotous Outburst, uh, made a post on Facebook being like, oh, I want to start a punk band. And uh, a couple of my friends commented on it. And then it ended up becoming something so fucking cool that like, <laughs> <laughs> that started off essentially as like a joke, like a shit post right. on Facebook. Okay. Um, and we, we were all collectively like, yeah, I'd be in that. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then uh, maybe like a month later, we had our first practice and it was a full band. It was uh, me on drums, uh, Caleb Horton on guitar, who's a great guitarist, um, great blues guitarist, great um, acoustic. Um, he's excellent. He he loves, uh, he, I mean, he loves a lot of music. And yeah. uh, he and Marcy had a band called uh, Cross Arm Calculator that was essentially like almost like a Giraffes Giraffes Terramelos style band. It wasn't um, it wasn't exactly on par with that, but it had potential to build up to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also one of the first bands that I saw in Providence oh, at yeah, okay. AS220, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like, yeah. There's just madness happening around here, you know? Because <laughs> um, before that, I had only been exposed to, like, you know, cover bands and and popular, like, pop music kind of yeah. shit. Besides, like, if me and my brother were going to go to, like, see Guar or, like, any other metal, death metal band somewhere in the like hour radio yeah, you'd set. Have to drive yeah to that, yeah exactly yeah because like, especially in deep river there's nothing um venue wise if you want to see a good band you got to drive or at least back then you had to drive 45 minutes solid yeah like if not an hour mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean the rhode island scene yeah. like the providence punk and noise scene has just been Absolutely. Like a huge flag in the ground. Yep. You know, obviously Lightning Bolt and Fort Thunder and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. That's cool. So anyways, um, to continue on about that. Yeah. So 
Marcy was in that, also with Caleb. Um, he had David Carradine, who I had seen years prior. Um, Worst Days, of course. A mm -hmm. bunch of different projects. Um, and then our bassist, who was essentially the primary writer for Just Flesh. Okay. He, he wrote uh, guitar, bass, and programmed drums to everything. And he had this whole queue of songs um, that we all learned together um, all right. based off of what he had programmed. And um, he, he was in, uh, he's, he's pretty shy, so you might have to pry out of him that he was in the band Howl. Who um, was on Relapse Records? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. He was in Saint Jude. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in the day, uh, with a bunch of the like local, local big time folks. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah Tor Johnson think, Records. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was. Uh, he's joked a couple of times about how like several projects of his in the past. He's like moved on and then immediately was replaced by like George Radford from, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> from uh, Drop Dead yeah. and such. She rides all that. Um, but yeah, so it was like really cool. I mean, I've also been listening to like relapse bands forever too. Mm -hmm. So just being in a band and like also getting to know Rob as a person mm -hmm. was like so like surreal for me yeah. at first. Um, I mean, now he's just like a straight up homie. Yeah, now I just say it's, it's Rob. He was <laughs> he was just in here hanging out the other day, and yeah, yeah, it it's uh, yeah, it's pretty funny, you know. Um, just the way that the Providence scene works, and how how much everybody has participated in yeah. for the entirety of the entirety of their careers, you know. Like I couldn't name all the bands that. Uh, Josh was in, or Matt was in, um, or Alan, our guitarist for Passion Play, was in. I I don't I don't even know yeah, all the, of all the of the projects. Family tree of yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that comes off of this. Yeah, is, it's, is vast. it's so crazy and also so incestuous. But uh, and yeah, with Just Flesh, that was dual vocals mm -hmm. as well. So yep, Josh and Mary. Uh, Mary's a good friend of mine who uh, I think she had a project. Uh, long ago that didn't really come to fruition but um i guess you could easily refer just flesh as um her first like real performances okay um, as a singer and she did so well she was so uh you know she was she was a bit uh shy at first and our first show it was just like a totally different person Oh, really? You know, she was a, a good friend of ours. Um, I met her at the Funky Jungle. And, um, yeah, I mean, just like that group was a nice group of tight friends. Mm -hmm. um, and we were just fucking around playing street punk. Like, it wasn't anything particularly challenging for all of us. We just played it because we... Like wanted to yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it was a lot of fun mm -hmm. um and then we recorded that album on garage band together oh, okay um rob literally went out and bought like mics and an interface 
so yeah. we could record that in his garage. Yeah, yeah. And um, you did some mixing on that, right? Is that um, a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have mixing credits, but only because I was just like sitting behind Rob, looking at the computer, being like, "No, no, no, that's not right. That's not oh, right." Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just bring it out. Yeah, know if you have, uh, yeah. you know, Rob. Uh, Rob did essentially all of the engineering on that. Yeah, which is, um, you know, like my old band again, going back to like Narsauce. Uh, when I was 13 and my guitarist was 12 and my other bandmates were also like 12 and 13, we uh, also recorded some shit in uh, GarageBand and then FL, but we didn't know what the hell we were doing, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah but th that was, uh, Just Flesh was like the first time that like I tried to take like engineering, quote, oh, yeah, quote, gotcha. seriously yeah. on my end. And, uh, I think for what it's worth, we got like a decent punk album out of it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. About that same time um, is when me and Alan got linked up. Also, uh, Alan Haig, the guitarist of Passion Play, he was the guitarist of Worst Days and Ask the Dead and a couple other projects in the past. He's also done work with uh, Strange Famous Records, uh, Sage Francis's mm -hmm. uh, record label, the hip-hop realm, the like super political hip-hop realm. Um, which is some of my favorite hip hop. Yeah. Also, yeah. Strange Famous is amazing. Yep. Yeah. So it was a real honor to be asked by him uh, to mm -hmm. play music together, um, and we pretty much got linked up because of that uh, the Boston Free Speech Rally. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. that, that happened back. Uh, what was that like 2017 or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Where like. 15 people showed up to rally for, quote, free speech, and yeah. then, like, 30,000 people showed up <laughs> to shut them down. Yeah. Um, because they weren't rallying for free speech, they were rallying for hate speech. Um, so I had known him from living with Matt and Josh um, and through Worst Days and stuff, and uh, we went up together uh, for that and just... You know, between that and what followed, we connected real well. And uh, and then um, maybe like a year or two after that, he had asked me to 
track drums for um, an album that he wanted to record. He got asked by um, somebody uh, in the B film industry that I'm not going to name because uh, I don't want to give him any credit at all. Um, just a dude that um, used his status to um, totally, uh, to essentially just, he used it as leverage and, and made it sound like he had so many legit connections. Wow. And, um, but because of that, me and Alan got linked up. Yeah. And Alan recruited me for that. Uh, we wrote an album that was like pretty good not our best, but it was like hastily, hastily written. And this was for like a, a movie soundtrack? Is that? No, no, it was for, um, he claimed that he had uh, like connections to, I mean, it all seemed very legit. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like we would have had to, had a good shot to play Wacken okay. <laughs> in Germany. Yeah. Which at that time I was so blinded by. Yeah. by that name dropped yeah. that I was willing to do it. You okay. know? And also knowing Alan, knowing how trustworthy of a person he is, like yeah. was was totally on board with him, you know? And we wrote that album. That guy ended up being a flake, tried yeah. to uh convince convince us to pay for a whole bunch of stuff up front. Oh. Oh yeah, I've had and uh, unfortunately yeah. had that type of thing too. Well, I'll put your record out if you just pay me some money for. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So um, we saw right through that and uh, switched gears. Yeah, and stopped writing for him and started writing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We cannibalized a couple of songs from that album. Uh, we played one show. The singer didn't even show up to it. What? Um, <laughs> It was at the morgue. I don't know if you... No, I've never It was a spot that. up the street on North Main that, okay. uh, that uh, you know, it was, it was a DIY spot. Um, but yeah, we had a show opening for like Time and Pressure and Chemical Fix. And uh, it was like a really, really sweet show, but like mm -hmm. literally two hours before it, he told us that he couldn't make it. It was our first show. Wow. And so we played an instrumental hardcore set and uh, right. <laughs> had Pat Pepper, who's uh, the drummer of Moisturizer and the, was the bassist of um, Miss Invader. Okay. Um, really just incredibly talented kid. Um, he played bass on that. It was a really fun set, but mm -hmm. um, it was very eye-opening on like what we really wanted to focus on, mm -hmm. especially like hearing those tracks instrumentally, like they could have been filled out so much more. So me and Alan started writing separately as a two piece. Um, and that's what became passion play. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we recruited Joshua, uh, Joshua Connell who played bass in David Carradine with Josh Marcy, who was the singer of, uh, just flesh. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. My band Flapjack Attack played with God's Middle Finger all the time yeah. um, in Connecticut, and uh, Joshua played bass in that. Okay. And uh, they filled in on um, 
a couple of shows uh, on bass with Flapjack Attack too. Um, so me and Joshua had like an established uh, history together, and so it was really just so amazing to mm-hmm. be a three piece with them. Um, and then uh, we got uh, Paul on vocals. We recorded that first album together. Um, it was a good album, but we were all still trying to find our yeah, okay. our that was sound. On, uh, you know, the chamber, right? That, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, Dan Sawyer mm-hmm. and uh, Mark Palin, great audio engineers. Yeah, um, can't thank them enough for uh, the time and effort that they put into our first album. Um, also, like just at the brink of COVID is when we were wrapping up recording. So we got all the instrumentals done, like maybe the week before COVID shut everything down. (laughs) Okay. And um, because of that and uh, medical complications, uh, we couldn't record vocals until like a couple months later. Okay. So... Um, Cause yeah, that came out October twenty twenty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that with we recorded and, guitar, yeah. drums, and bass in like February. Of, oh, okay. Of twenty twenty. So yeah, and and uh, I mean we had a lot of things working against us that year, um, COVID especially, mm-hmm. and also because like, had you played as a band like. Uh, like we how many played sh- like shows did you do as passion play before really even that I mean the as really as played. passion play probably one because okay, yeah, yeah. our first our first show we were actually called sinking and um, which is the name of there you go yeah <laughs> the album <laughs> that we yeah. just released yeah. um, we were called sinking and literally uh, we we're about to play a basement show and uh, they, they were going to promote our first show and they uh, tagged Sinking uh, in the post about it, but it turned out that there was another like kind of post-hardcore, hardcore-ish band out of okay. Western Massachusetts called Sinking. <laughs> okay. And that band got tagged. <laughs> and they're like, we're not playing the show. Or <laughs> uh, they, We didn't hear anything from them, okay. but um, somebody somebody noticed it. And we were like, holy shit, we have to change our fucking name like, yeah. at the show. So we had dabbled with uh, Passion Play as one of our names. Um, and we decided that night to change it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, if you're not familiar with the Passion Play, Passion Play is a theatrical depiction of uh, Christ's Passion, which is like the crucifixion, the, okay. the, the final days leading up to Christ's crucifixion. Yeah, okay. Which are especially brutal. Yeah. Um, and it's often, it, I mean, it's in theater portrayed as a, definitely a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And also we are all heavily influenced by tragedy um, in one way or another, mm-hmm. whether it's the theatrical uh, personification of it or the band tragedy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, just uh, tragedy in general is the main, the primary uh, motivator behind the band. 
Yeah, so we played as Passion Play with Paul for a while. Things didn't work out. And uh, ended up really just truly finding our voice and our sound with... Uh, well, we had started writing the album prior to Brian joining the band. Okay, so syncing, you were already working on that with Paul. We were already working on that and had syncing as a as a tentative title for the album and uh, the title being just essentially a metaphor for um, like the collapse of society and climate mm -hmm. and politics and everything. Yeah where sinking is like it's it's like facing impending doom but it's not necessarily the end and, oh yeah 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 and it's not uh, like an immediate thing like there's exactly like, yeah. and with sinking there's always you know there's always hope and the effort to survive yeah it. um so we started with that as the theme mm -hmm. And uh, took that to come up with the sound for the album mm -hmm. and just went with real, I mean, our first album is definitely a bit melancholy, Okay. but I feel like uh, Sinking is uh, much more focused on the melancholy. Like we all have very similar, um, similar backgrounds musically, similar interests, similar influences, but we all also listen to so many different yeah. types of music and really uh, aren't going for anything in particular. And like, for example, Haunting, uh, Haunting This Empty Page, the, uh, the little polyrhythm beat yep. that I do, that's, um, that's a little drum beat that I've been playing since I was maybe 12 years old. Oh, really? Just the, like, just the three, four yeah. hand uh, time signature, um, but alternating back and forth between different drums. And then one day I found, like, oh, if I just straightforward do this between a, a cymbal and the snare instead of, instead of toms. Okay. It sounds, like, pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. And um, with the way that Alan writes guitars, he leaves so much dead space. Yeah. Um, which it, there's so much just like blank negative space that um, it gives me so much freedom to just fill, you know, just fill it in Yeah, yeah with yeah. whatever. And so that track in particular came about just mostly like just fucking around at practice, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, he like presented that riff and I was just like, you know, just doing the D beat, and then he like had that dead space and was like, and I was like, let's see what I can. Then it just just worked out that way, you know. But we, you know, again, we take a lot of influence from a lot of a lot of different bands, but I'd say mostly in like the prog math rock, math core, mm -hmm. um, just chaotic hardcore realm. Um, and uh, also I listen to a lot of math rock and a lot of, a lot of jazz also. Okay. And uh, that part in particular and just 
the dead space that he allows has really like honestly like made me feel comfortable with kind of like stepping forward because I never really felt comfortable with like stepping forward as a drummer. Okay. I always wanted to just be like in the background yeah. playing in the pocket kind of things, you know, yeah. besides uh, playing as a two piece with my brother like that was the only other opportunity that I had back in the day to kind of like branch out. Yeah. We had a lot of, we had a lot of ground to cover as a yeah, two yeah. piece, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you're able to do that a lot yeah. more now, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just having Joshua be the basis that they are, um, and like having the funk and jazzy background mm-hmm. has just made for, I mean, Joshua was on our first EP too, but um, just, I mean, you can tell in the sound that throughout COVID, we spent a lot of time really like experimenting and getting to Mm -hmm. know each other as musicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that when you started writing a lot of the new album was during, was it during lockdown in a sense? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Pretty much lockdown happened and we decided to stop practicing um, as a band and start trying to shoot for like an internet project essentially. Okay. And um, so we tried the whole Zoom thing. Me and Alan (laughs) played a couple of practices um, over Zoom and just we couldn't get the yeah, the, I mean, there's the latency with the yeah. phone calls and with everything, so timing didn't really work out or anything. So finally, I was just like, Alan, could you email us all just riffs? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I think I could do that. And then, like, the next day, he sent us, like, 11 tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah. okay, I guess we'll try to figure these out. Yeah. And uh, some of them made it to syncing, and some of them are tracks that we have on the back burner for our, our uh, what will be our third album, or third EP, hopefully full length. Okay. Uh, first full length. Um, hopefully coming out... Uh, early to mid next year okay 2023 um so yeah it it didn't work out over zoom didn't work out over phone call over internet yeah so finally me and alan decided to just play on opposite ends of his basement yep yeah yeah (laughs) uh as a two-piece again and and wrote a a majority of the tracks um like that and then okay Joshua learned like, do those. you work on the like the composition of the songs yeah, together the, essentially? The so composition kind of present these riffs, and you will arrange exactly. them in a sense, and then exactly. present it to the rest of the bands after that. Yep. And uh, also, definitely like wanted to go heavier mm-hmm. than the first album, but also wanted to go more melodic, but also wanted to go more noisy, but also wanted to go, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in every different direction. Yeah. So, you know, we took a lot of influence from, uh, of course, uh, Converge, Dillinger Escape Plan, mm-hmm. um, Botch, a lot of melodic hardcore bands, including like locals such as Verse and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, really just like found home with this album. 
mm-hmm. definitely. And um, like I can confidently say that like not only do I currently listen to these tracks, but like also if I wasn't playing in this band, like this is music that I would listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really thoroughly pleased with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually say it a lot in the interviews that I do, but, you know, with the bands that I play in, like, that's the target for me now, is, like, writing an album that I would listen to. and Absolutely. Um, you know, because, to be honest, there was a lot of time that I didn't do that. There was times where I was like, oh, this is what might get a good response from the crowd, or this yep. is what I think a label might like, or this is whatever, you know, yep. and, uh, and it was still fine. I didn't, you know, I've never played in a band that I hated or anything like that, but it was still, like, now I just write records that starts with me and then hopefully other people like it Uh uh, um, but yeah it's a a much more fulfilling way Uh, but that does come through you know like if you're writing that and you're writing that for you matt and and everyone else in in passion play honestly like i mean it it legit is one of my favorite releases of this year i've listened to it so much and uh (laughs) and a lot of the stuff that you talked about comes through you know as a fan of those bands that you mentioned and yeah. You know, um, again, like, I, I mean, this as the highest compliment, but like one of my favorite bands is Weak Teeth. And, Amazing. Yeah. Um, I get some of those yep, you know, pieces from this and it like, it just, it's a great, it's a great record. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, can you talk a little bit more of now working with Brian mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, recording at... Uh, Roach Ranch. Yeah, which he's a, a part of that, that studio. And yeah. like, how did that come about? And what was your experience recording this, this album? So uh, for starters, um, we had played a show with Panzer Chocolate. And I had seen Panzer Chocolate a couple of times before, which is uh, Brian and Marina. Um, they are, as of last week, maybe two weeks ago, married. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, yes, yes, I'm very happy for them. They're like, I mean, just one of the most seamless couples I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, both so, so, so talented. Um, but actually, before recording Passion Play was um, Cerebral Prolapse, we recorded our first... Uh, our first three tracks okay. with Brian in his basement. Yeah. Which you're the singer of? Yes, yes, yes. I am the singer of Cerebral Prolapse. Um, and the reason that I want to bring it up is just because of going from not really knowing Brian at all to having so much trust and faith in him mm-hmm. uh, that, like, I'm, I mean, I, I haven't... Uh, I haven't experienced like that kind like of. Like it just kind of clicked in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Like me and him totally hit it off, but also just like his love for music and, mm-hmm. and harsh music, especially, like shined through in, uh, in that recording process. And uh, I mean, just how quickly, because Roach Ranch, I mean, it, it was his basement. You know, mm-hmm. it was the basement of his and Marina's home. And uh, and leading up to that, you know, I didn't really know him too well, so I didn't know what to expect. 
and it was just so professional, so organized, so clean. The way that, you know, the way he puts things together on the computer even oh, like, was just yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe how fast he's like, I mean, all that stuff, Cerebral and Passion Play, all that was recorded in Reaper. And okay. I think, I don't know if it was the the official version or the free version yeah but either way it was it's reaper nonetheless not yeah. not fl not like any of those any of those fancy programs you know yeah, yeah. but he just threw that shit together so fast and it sounded so good like first mm -hmm. first mix yeah it sounds i was like yeah. holy shit how did this happen you know i because Cerebral started off as, like, mostly um, me, Josh Collins, and Joshua um, had talked about just starting, like, a throwaway death metal project. Okay, like just something for fun, just to... Yeah, because I've, I've wanted to do vocals for a while. Okay. And I've mostly been known as a drummer, so I keep finding myself as a drummer in, in different <laughs> bands. Yeah. Uh, but for a long time now, I've wanted to try vocals because I've got just this whole stockpile of poetry that I've been writing for since I was in middle school, you know? Oh, okay. Because um, I was a sad, sad boy back then. Um, so I actually used, like, some of my poetry mm -hmm. as cerebral uh, lyrics. And... Uh, Josh um, found his buddy uh, Tyler, uh, who's our drummer and who's now the drummer of the Bimbos, um, who had never played in a death metal band before, had always played in pop punk bands because, okay. again, he was like the only local drummer for his area yeah. and found himself in all those kinds of bands. Yeah. And I think he uh, also played uh, bass or guitar. Tyler, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't remember which one you played, bass or guitar. Um, but bottom line is he had never been in a uh, death metal band or power violence band as a drummer. And so we all started this band under the pretense that it was going to be just like this throwaway shit project that mm -hmm. we were just fucking around and we were going to record a couple of tracks and then probably not do anything with anything. Yeah. And like even play, you were just look, like play out or you were just like, let's just record and... Barely just, even like an idea of playing out yeah. at the beginning. We just wanted to fuck around as mm -hmm. friends, you know? And uh, it actually <laughs> ended up working. And <laughs> I mean, like Josh Collins is a machine with writing riffs like all of his riffs are just a thousand riffs in one <laughs> just jammed together and somehow Tyler who started off as an inexperienced drummer in that realm just found a way to to make it work mm -hmm. and Joshua added their flair as like the the funky slappy shit but also playing along with josh's technical riffs and um also i was able to like find my voice um as a vocalist see which realm worked best because at first i wanted to do the 
like super low gutturals and ended up giving myself laryngitis trying to oh, wow yeah. yeah yeah i was i was reaching beyond uh beyond my limits there and actually like had to go to the fucking hospital and couldn't speak for a couple of weeks after like the second cerebral prolapse practice yikes yeah <laughs> so i was like mid-range and highs are good <laughs> um yeah stick there yeah yeah and occasionally i do the low stuff but i don't know i use like more tunnel throat technique now and trying to get that more like weird abrasive sound yeah than like a true death metal sound yeah yeah which puts us more in like the gory power violence realm yeah exactly yeah. as opposed to death metal yeah um which which i think works for us Um, so anyways, all, all of this said, Cerebral Prolapse is the first experience that me and Joshua, who also plays bass in Passion Play, had with Brian. Mm -hmm. And then when we were up for a new singer, um, it was kind of, it was just a natural, like, go-to response to find uh, Brian. Mm -hmm. And Brian, being in pa uh, Panzer Chocolate at that time, um, playing mostly guitar, wanted the opportunity at like a, a vocalist position. So he was immediately down. Um, and then uh, we wrote some, some, we finished up the album together and uh, then recorded it in his basement. And he spent so much time. Uh, editing and producing and engineering he did all of the uh all the noise on the album all the little added like very subtle things that maybe you picked up on maybe not just like the little bells and whistles in the background and mm -hmm. um also just with the theme of the album being the impending doom we went for like the geiger meter uh clicky noises and yeah, just yeah. like the almost silent hill sounding like ominous uh like cosmic dissonance of um the noise in the background mm -hmm. and then uh also <laughs> went with i can't remember uh i can't remember if it was Van Halen or um, or who the hell is it? Not Rusty Cooley, uh, the fucking dude that did the uh, drill 
to the pickups. Paul, Paul Gilbert, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Gilbert. Yeah, see, this guy knows. He's a, yeah, yeah. He's a guitarist. <laughs> and honestly, like, my biggest influences growing up were guitarists. Like, uh, as a drummer, I looked up to all these guitarists, like Paul Gilbert and Rusty Cooley and Jeff Loomis, all based on um, my brother's recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Which were good. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all checked out. It, it all holds up to this day. Um, the Paul Gilbert, and I think, uh, I think uh, Eddie Van Halen also used the technique of just the, the drill next to the pickups mm -hmm. to get that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, what you're hearing mostly in the background of, um, of the outro of Sinking. Okay. The like siren, oh, the right. siren noise that we have. Um, so, uh, just like the weeks to months that took uh, that it took to like every get every last detail mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have had um, if we went to just any recording yeah. studio like that we had the opportunity to work out with mm -hmm. Brian was yeah. just unreal. And so he really made that album what it is. Yeah. You know? What about the rest of it? Like, what was your experience recording it? Like, did you just kind of bang it out in a, in a weekend, <laughs> or was it uh, so as well? So, uh, yes and no. Um, the reason I say yes and no is because every everything that I recorded prior to this, I was kind of constrained to like a couple of hours, like yeah. only knowing that I had like one to three hours to set up, record, track all of the album and then break down yeah. and move aside for everybody else, like whether it was like a 12 hour block in a recording studio or something like that. So really just trying to bang everything out. Mm -hmm. So this time was really the first time that I got to play a track through and something that I would have passed uh, as as fine in the past yep. was counted as like a loss, you know, mm -hmm. and said, let's redo that. Let's yeah. get it. Let's get it perfect. So mm -hmm. this is the first time I've had the chance to do like multiple takes on an album oh. and really get it like refined, get the timing right, get mm -hmm every last bit of it correct yeah um and not having to do much editing in post mm -hmm. besides like trying to find the right snare tone or the right kick tone or toms or yeah levels and whatever yeah but um yeah so pretty much i mean brian also brian spent so much time on that and also like Probably the most mics that I've ever used for a <laughs> drum recording. I think it was like 16 total. Wow. Had everything mic'd up, um, plus like four-point microphones, like, around, like all evenly sound, spread out yeah. around the drums, and then overheads, and yeah. then like mics on the top, in the bottom of the snare, yeah. and <laughs> just like everything. He thought of absolutely everything and mixed it perfectly. Um and so uh as a as a drummer this was like by far the best recording experience that that i've had mm -hmm. um and also with him being part of the band he was much 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 more invested in the perfection 
yeah of it perfecting it getting it dialed in and mm-hmm. sounding right so he also had no problem with telling us like let's redo that yeah yeah you yeah. know whereas other people in the past might have said uh yeah it's fine yeah whatever you guys want that's whatever I'm yeah <laughs> yeah so that it matters. was a really that's unique cool. experience mm-hmm. and um yeah and what do you have planned for the release um like are, are you uh, working with a label for that and uh um yeah we're working with uh so we have some super low-key sto- stuff going on with um illuminate my heart records mm-hmm. um that i can tell you about at some point in the future <laughs> um josh marcy um from just flesh runs riotous outburst he helped with the uh cassette layout Okay. Graphic design, um, all that. So uh, it it really uh, and and he he worked uh, with uh, our artist uh, Andrew Gomez from Seattle, um, getting getting his artwork uh, laid out in a way that made sense. Yeah. Uh, for cassettes, or working on CDs, um, and then eventually vinyl, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, starting next week, we've got a, uh, oh yeah, and shirts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe some handbills and some, some posters and stuff. Uh, but starting next week, we're going on tour. Um, we got 14 days locked in, um, starting in Burlington, Vermont, making our way through New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Virginia, got a date in DC, New Jersey, Long Island, a couple dates in Connecticut. Um, kicking it off here at Focal um, this Friday. Um, and hopefully, I don't think we'll have any pro CDs uh, hooked up by then, but we're going to just bootleg our own shit and handwrite labels on the CDs <laughs> for okay. a tour. Um, we'll have some of uh, Andrew uh, Andrew Gomez, our artist. He's got a friend that's doing uh, shirts um, for us um, that should be in by that time. We're getting, a, I think, a test press tape should be in either today or tomorrow. Um, and hopefully it's uh, back to us by the time that we're on tour. If not... Uh, I don't know what to tell everybody. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but we've got tons of merch planned, and hopefully all um, the income goes towards just getting us to the next stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're about to put on a lot of miles on this tour and then um, immediately get back here to uh, start planning out the next album. Yeah. And uh, we've got about four or five tracks, like, mostly worked out mm-hmm. that are just, uh, the only thing that I could compare it to, I guess, is, like, Car Bomb, um, okay. who's, like, genty, progressive, out there, wild card, chaotic, hard, metalcore. It's like if... Uh, I mean, Carbomb as a band 
is essentially to me just a better mashuga, and I love mashuga. Okay. Wow. Um, it's if like mashuga had blast beats and like more noise influence than jazz, but they're gotcha. yeah, definitely yeah. just as, if not more, jazzy. Wow. Um, so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to branch out in in uh, different realms again, and trying to keep it. Uh, trying to keep it fresh and mostly just not necessarily trying to please anybody but ourselves on it, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, if it works, it works. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm, uh, I'm expecting or anticipating if, if you liked syncing, then the next album is going to be a treat to cool. anybody that listens. Um, and it's mostly just, again, us being comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously just like solidifying as a band. You yeah. Know, like, again, just, you know, reiterating your your own history of like, didn't get to play a lot of shows, you mm -hmm. know, had this release, had it broken up by COVID. So just getting to COVID and, and know, do also more, more shows. I'm sure after these couple of weeks on the road, you're going to have a different experience, you know. With the also, I want to backtrack a little bit to our first release. Um, it was something that was nearly impossible, like morally to promote mm -hmm. just with COVID deaths adding up and like, uh, social justice issues. Um, like we were ready to release it, like at the same time of the, uh, of George Floyd's death, you know? Yeah. And so we just we just held on to it and, yeah. and put it off. We're like, this is not the fucking time. So it'd be like, check to, out my new to be like, yeah, Check out <laughs> check my project. Out my band. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. 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 It's not, not uh, anything that we were trying to yeah. do. But no, I mean, no, like yeah. day by day, the fucking world gets so much more fucked up and it's like hard to imagine it's still what's, hard to do that what's going to come know? next. So yeah. like, like on one hand, like, you know, we we all are pretty big uh, social justice uh, mm -hmm. social justice warriors, um, advocates for yeah. what we believe is right, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're all pretty active um, as far as mm -hmm. uh, you know, protests and activism goes. Um, that no time ever feels good to be promoting ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you know, even even this last album, Sinking, we like we were sitting on those tracks for a while. Okay, and uh, we were mostly just uh, we just did things out of order in asked for artwork a little too late. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. And I had to sit on that for a little while and some, some other complications came up. But the masters, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention uh, Will Killingsworth from, um, from Orchid um, yeah. is who did our masters, yeah. Dead Air Studios. And uh, I mean, he was so quick with it and yeah. just added that extra oomph that mm -hmm. we couldn't... Yeah that we couldn't get ourselves, you know? Check out the artwork. 
But yeah, one thing I really want to talk about is, you know, we're here recording in Focal, which yes. is a space that you co-founded. And uh, I'd love to have you talk more about what this is and what you're looking to do and what you have planned for the future with it. So uh, Focal is uh, it's me and my girlfriend, Brianna Payon. Um, she's a local DJ um, and art enthusiast as as I am myself. Um, so we got together back in 2020 uh, and <laughs> she's not in. Uh, <laughs> like you better not fuck this up. Um, and, uh, you know, Brianna had a past of uh, booking a lot of really just really diverse um, and just refreshingly strange one-off um, uh, like techno parties. Um, she at, like warehouse party and stuff like that, parties mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, also had like a collaborative um, uh, beer put out um, a couple of years ago. Uh, me and her had met um, working at Revival Brewing. Oh, okay. Uh, we were both uh, in the beer pouring realm there, and she was in uh, sales and uh, was going uh, bar to bar and liquor store to liquor store promoting uh, Revival throughout Massachusetts. And that's uh, how she got also involved in that uh, that collaborative beer effort, I believe, um, which was mostly uh, uh, her doing. And cool. it's really, it was just as a spectator, as a third party, um, it, it was cool to watch that happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, being a musician, being involved in I mean, so many different practice spaces and mm -hmm. little DIY shit that, like, never really took off myself. Um, I, I always admired that, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about regarding this, but just, like, going, to, going up to Boston at midnight to catch a rave that was just starting in like <laughs> a warehouse that she rented like for a couple of weeks or something to a month to prepare for a fucking wild party that just <laughs> ended up getting shut down <laughs> by police it was like i mean it's super admirable you know um mm -hmm. so anyways uh we had both talked about um getting something started just uh, involving the arts. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, um, we start, prior to that, we started dating and um, <laughs> lived together and stuff. And, uh, and we uh, were looking at spaces all over. And then somehow, miraculously, Brianna came across a spot on Craigslist that was like two blocks from our apartment. Oh, okay. Uh, which is where we're sitting right now. Oh, okay. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just something that 
she sent me a couple of pictures when she checked it out and was like, before you make your decision, like, come check this place out. Yeah. And we came and looked at it, and I was like, fuck. All right. This is it. Like, this is, this is home now, you know? Yeah. And so uh, we ended up getting an LLC for an art gallery. Yeah. And... The rest is history. So Focal is an art gallery, um, collaborative art space, um, community space. We, uh, I can't say anything specific. We just, you know, artists come to us or we seek out artists and host markets, host all sorts of stuff. And, uh, it seems to have just become a staple in the community. Mm -hmm. And I really can't like thank everybody enough for all the support and mm -hmm. just behaving and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and also just the communication that has spread way farther than I could have ever imagined the amount of artists that, reach out to us about booking stuff here. Oh, really? Cool. It's endless. And, um, well, it's it also in a building that's got a lot of history, too. Yeah, okay. And, uh, like, the basement, there was a grindhouse back in the day yeah. run by a couple of friends of mine that um, I guess was, like, the Wild West and had some legendary shows back there. <laughs> um, bands like Drop Dead, uh, practice here mm -hmm. um, in the back and then there's jam stage over here too which yeah. uh, I mean the dude from Verse the guitarist from Daughters um, they run that shit over there and uh, just I mean that was one of the first places that I practiced with anybody moving out here was jam stage mm -hmm. so like I totally respect the hell out of what they're doing over there um, jam stage for anybody that's listening that doesn't know in Pawtucket I'm doing a free jam stage ad here. <laughs> um, they've got uh, units that you can rent out by the hour. Very affordable, uh, especially split amongst a whole band. Mm -hmm. um, you can uh, practice there. They've got all the equipment set up to do demo recordings. Um, you can bring your own CD and record for free or pay 50 cents and buy a CD from them at the front desk. They got gear. They got everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and amazing. It's like good stuff. Yeah, know, like it's the, it's know. really good, really respectable, really good, uh, good quality everything, mm -hmm. and uh, definitely can't thank them enough for allowing me a spot to practice for the first couple of years mm -hmm. of living out here. And uh, so, anyways, that brings us next door to Focal, um, and. Yeah, just the artist community in Providence, the crossover between uh, visual artistry and musical um, yeah. that happens in the scene, the cross between punk and hip-hop, the cross between punk, hip-hop, and techno, and mm -hmm. all that mixed in with noise, and all that mixed in with sculpture, and... Uh, like visual, like VJ artwork and animation mm -hmm. and stuff, 
everybody has so much else going on mm -hmm. that like it's impossible to narrow down like who's doing what mm -hmm. because everybody that's got a creative outlet out here seems to have uh, just it, it I mean it's it's endless um, the the rabbit hole of <laughs> each and every individual out here that it's impossible to showcase um, what everybody's got going on yeah um, so we try to try to do our best to accommodate to as much as possible but I mean I it's it's endless yeah and what do you guys have like in the in the future do you guys have any uh, like as a company is there certain other oh. like are there other things that you're striving for with this space or? yeah I mean um, so Brian, uh, the singer of Passion Play, Roach Ranch, um, is slowly moving into our front room here. Oh, okay. So we're going to have Roach Ranch in-house. Oh, cool. Um, we did tons of live streaming throughout COVID. Mm -hmm. um, that's died down since everything else picked up. Uh, but we plan on still continuing the live stream stuff eventually. Uh, we were streaming on Twitch, mostly like DJs mm -hmm. and live hip-hop electronic stuff uh, because at that time I had no idea what the hell I was actually doing with recording live bands. Oh, okay. Um, and now I've got a little bit better of an idea, so I would like to experiment with that more. Um, we've got a couple of gallery openings uh, with sculpture and paint. Um, and we try to also host a uh, monthly artist market. Mm -hmm. um, local vendors come in here, and it happens to mostly be like starving artists buying art off of starving artists or trading and bartering, which is like really cool to watch and witness and curate because mm -hmm. it's all uh, mostly like our friends or friends of friends. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I was also surprised with a pool table um, for my birthday. Cool. Um, I plan on hosting a pool tournament nice. very soon. Um, we're pretty broke, so uh, hopefully make that like a fundraiser event. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, we also like have this massive wall here and access to our own sound and sound through uh, the guys, uh, Jacob and Scott at Symposium Records. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've done in the past a couple of um, small movie screenings, just set up all the couches in the room and watch everything up there with oh, like yeah. real professional sound. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we hope to bring that back some uh, hot, sweaty summer nights, get everybody cr cramped in here uh, <laughs> in a COVID-friendly way with the uh, AC blasting. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully, uh, I've, I've bugged the Death Drop Gorgeous uh, folks, um, Brandon, about, have you, are you familiar? No, I'm not, no. Uh, um, Death Drop Gorgeous is a local horror film that was uh, released within oh, the last okay. year or two. 
Um, they've got another project that I believe just came out or is about to come out. Um, hopefully screen some of that. I have a bunch of locals in here for a nice, uh, a nice like first viewing of that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, or even, even if it's Death Drop Gorgeous, I mean, it would just be great. Mm-hmm. It would just be really great to yeah. have that, that community in here. Mm-hmm. Um, local, uh, I mean, it's a very, uh, very queer oriented, um, uh, film series and like, it's just so, so cool seeing mm-hmm. so many friends of ours just blow up in this kind of way. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, so there's all sorts of stuff that we want to do here. Um, yeah. and then, but it's great cause it just sounds like you're just supporting so many people and you know, like it's just a great absolutely it seems that you're um i mean there's part of and and helping to foster by giving them a space to uh to do this you know yeah i mean i i really don't i don't want to take i don't want to take any credit for anything that anybody else is doing at all but the one thing that we can do is hopefully give people a space to really showcase their work Mm -hmm. you know and I mean, it happened this weekend. Um, we had a gallery opening. A local artist um, was just commissioned by, I believe, the city of Providence or somebody to do with the city of Providence to uh, do a memorial piece for okay. for somebody's sculpture. Mm-hmm. And like, I I definitely don't consider that um, like something that's that at all has to do with us. But at the same time, it's so cool to, like, have witnessed that interaction happen, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, regarding Focal, um, we've also got Focus Fest, um, which isn't announced yet. So nobody besides the few artists that are booked on it <laughs> <laughs> knows about Focus Fest. Um, August 13th at Revival. Okay. We have the whole oasis for like 12 hours or something like that. Awesome. Back there. And we're planning on doing just kind of like a general summary of what we've done here. Mm-hmm. Um, having an artist market happen there. Having um, just local friends of ours um, showcase their music, mm-hmm. showcase their artwork, showcase all sorts of talents just in one collective setting as opposed to in a weekly or monthly yeah, yeah. basis. And uh, so, yeah, um, Focus Fest, August 13th. Nice. And, yeah, I, I really, uh, I don't know how it's going to turn out. It might be a bust. It might be the best thing that's ever happened. There's no way to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all that I can ask for is that people just have a damn good time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, plenty of stuff that I would like to talk about, but I Yeah, no, just that, can't. that's perfect. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to those that are listening, definitely check out Focal and support them any way that you can. Come to a show, support the artists that show here, um, and, uh... <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, to you two, thank you for what you're doing and just keep it up, you know. Um, thank you. It's just a very, uh, 
exciting space to, you know, like what you had just said the first time that I had come here, just it has um, a very good uh, community vibe to yes. it. Um, as someone that I've been to a thousand shows and it just, it feels, it feels uh, nice to be in this room um, and, and see you. the bands that you're supporting. So, um, Don't have anything in here that we don't like. Mm-hmm. So it's very, uh, you know, we, with the amount of people that present us with shows, we really don't have all that much time to book our own stuff. Okay. Um, so it's mostly been this, like, this, uh, like, vetting process. Okay. The whole time it's been mostly just this big vetting process of, like, yes, I absolutely 100% want this to happen. Yeah. Or no, I absolutely do not want this to happen. <laughs> See you later, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's stuff that overlaps and stuff that I wish could have happened here that didn't. Yeah, and stuff that, or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate that because it's really, like, it's, we're trying to make it pretty curated, mm-hmm. you know, and also, like, curating the crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not, at, at the end of the day, we're trying to be um, just a safe, inclusive space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our musical backgrounds and, and conquests are are their own thing, but somehow, like, just the personality that crosses over between all of that seems to be true throughout scenes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I have just one more question for you, this part, yeah. and, and it's a big one. You can answer it how, how you feel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with everything that you've done, from the bands you've played in and... Uh, being a part of running this space and uh, you know what would you say has been your greatest musical accomplishment to this point Darren cover your ears (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the recent passion play album is definitely has definitely oh no are you you crying over there buddy (laughs) Um, if if you had been listening before you would know that my brother, the guitarist of my old band, and still like current internet project, Forced to Dwell, um, is over there. <laughs> and uh, I gotta say right now in front of his face, because this is how true it is, uh, Passion Play has been the most fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the recent album, Sinking, just I feel incredibly free expression in everything i mean even down to like the artwork Mm -hmm. was just originally some doodle that i drew up that um we went back to andrew who drew the first album cover and we're like i wish you could make this come to life Mm -hmm. and it's the best possible version of this doodle that i could have ever even imagined Mm -hmm. you know the artwork is amazing the production value and the engineering on the album is amazing. I really, truly feel like we all were able to uh, express ourselves thoroughly on the album. Um, the shows that we've played and the 
path that has led us to this point has been totally like hit or miss, rocky road, um, and we have found ourselves in different niche uh, niche groups of bands that play certain shows and found that we don't necessarily fit in with anybody directly. You mm-hmm. know, we fit in with all these bands, but like by, you know, by, by association yeah, and okay. by uh, whatever, you know, and it's really cool to have just played in so many different so many different mixed bills like mm-hmm. down to yeah. hip-hop bills like we just played with fucking dark time sunshine oh, and yeah, jesse yeah. the tree yeah and that was like mind-blowing to me because i mean i i love jesse we've we've played shows together in the past with like just flesh and uh and flapjack and and um passion play also but like big dark time sunshine fan dark time does tracks with aesop rock Mm -hmm. huge aesop rock fan i mostly listen to Mm hip-hop to (laughs) tell you the truth um so it was just surreal to play those that same show that's cool yeah um but uh it's been super filling so much dedication, so much trial and error has gone into getting us to where we are right now. And also leading up to the tour, like so many months of time and effort have been put into booking this tour mm-hmm. and to just have it come together so seamlessly with the amount of people that were willing to help us out and communicate mm-hmm. back and forth and the amount of people that were willing to reach out and vouch for us at certain places for certain bills and and all that stuff it's really just like absurd i never would have imagined this and we're not we're not like a huge band or anything but i still never imagined we'd get to this point or Mm -hmm. or at least i'm self-deprecating enough to (laughs) to never have put myself in this mental place you know and um yeah Everything leading up to tour so far has been the most fulfilled musically that I've ever been. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, incredible to hear. And, and, um, yeah, I I mean, I I think that there's a lot on the horizon for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, you're just a solid band. So, thank you. Um, But, yeah, Matt, thanks so much for your time talking about all this stuff. It was great to, uh, to have this conversation and share part of your story. Likewise, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really happy that you reached out to me. Um, of course, I'm really uh, happy to be part of this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy to have the community that we have, and happy to have the support that we have. Thank you. <laughs>